0: This is Jim Minns, Communications Officer with The PSA. On the podcast this week,
1: there are people who sometimes think a single incident of inappropriate behaviour may be bullying. While it's not bullying, it is a warning sign.
0: What is bullying in the workplace and what can you do if you are experiencing bullying? On the podcast this week, we chat to industrial support work health and safety officer Suzanne Mann about the importance of recognising when bullying is occurring in the workplace. During these strenuous times for New South Wales public servants, it is vital that we are diligent about our well-being along with our mental health. That is why it is important to know how to properly identify concerning behaviour in the workplace and to know what can be done to achieve a cohesive and safe working environment.
1: I'm Suzanne Mann. Uh, PSA, CPSUs, Work Health Safety Officer and Educator.
0: Thanks so much for spending some time with us today on the podcast. I wanted to talk to you specifically about bullying as an issue in the workplace. Sure.
1: It's really important that, mem- that when people are talking about bullying, they go for the definition that is documented in uh, there's a safe work document guidance for preventing and responding to bullying there's sort of an accepted definition and that is that it is repeated unreasonable behavior directed at a worker or group of workers and it creates a risk to health and safety so that's the accepted definition of bullying
0: so would a key indicator there be the word repeated
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, There are people who sometimes think a single incident of inappropriate behaviour may be bullying. While it's not bullying, it is a warning sign though for something they need to address. You do need to address it and you need to watch out that this sort of behaviour doesn't continue, but on its own, it's not um, bullying. There does need to be that Pattern of behaviour to it. And uh, looking at things like there can be a range of different behaviours. Um, so it could be targeting a particular worker, yelling at them, excluding them, you know, a worker or group of workers, excluding them from social activities or uh, meetings, um, denying them access to systems that they might need to do their work or from tools they might need to actually be able to do the job they're paid to do. Uh, They could be unfair work distribution. So uh, either overloading someone, one person or a group of people with work or refusing to give them enough work to do. But there's got to be, even if it's a range of different behaviors, there has to be this pattern of repeated behaviour, this repeated unreasonable behaviour.
0: So what would you call these, uh, these elements that appear in someone's day to day life? Are they warning signs? Are they, are they, uh, is there a a sort of term that comes up that helps them to
1: identify them? I suppose a key is to look at whether those behaviours are leaving someone feeling humiliated, intimidated, threatened, or feeling victimised there's some things to look for if that's how it's leaving you feel and it is all in the eyes of the person on the receiving end of this behavior because the person doing the bullying may think it's not inappropriate behavior it's not up to them to decide that it's the person who is the victim of this behavior and they they talk about a lot of that sort of thing that them when they talk about unreasonable behavior it's you know, the pub test or the person on the street test, what would a reasonable person think about this behaviour? Would they think that this behaviour would leave someone feeling intimidated or threatened or humiliated, that sort of thing?
0: Suzanne, you run very successful education programs for our members around these types of situations. And I know that you're running them now even during COVID. They're very important issues that need to be addressed and they're very uh, popular amongst our members. Is there a series of situations that are coming up in these sessions that are reoccurring, that are red flags that you're seeing again and again?
1: Worker-to-worker bullying is common and worker-to-manager bullying also occurs. And of course, you can have um, clients. You might have uh, clients who bully the uh, the workers, and that's not uncommon either. Um, people also are interested in the extent of psychological harm that can occur to people who are being bullied because uh, and th- how it fits into work health and safety, because the definition of health in the Work Health Safety Act is both your physical and psychological health and People haven't realized, they think of health and safety, and they think of slips, trips, and falls, um, you know, manual handling, all of those sorts of things. They're not thinking about psychological hazards. So that surprises people that they can actually use Work Health Safety Avenue to deal with these things. Another thing that does occur is people concerned about repercussions for reporting bullying, but again, This is where the work health safety legislation is so powerful in dealing with bullying, because there are a number of sections, sections 104 to 109 in the Act, they they talk about the prohibition of discriminatory conduct against anyone raising a health and safety issue or helping someone with a health and safety issue, and there are protections in there for workers, so they don't need to be worried about raising bullying as a health and safety matter. You would imagine that
0: adherence to the legislation would be much more important in the public sector.
1: Would Is that the case, though? It should be, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly should be. And the part of what we're doing in educating people about the Health and Safety Act, the legislation and the duties of their bosses, their employer, and the duties of them as workers, Uh, These all contribute to showing them how they can use the Health and Safety Act to support them in these sort of situations. Because as opposed to a complaint or grievance, which is a policy, with work health safety, it's the law. And you've got, if you report something as a work health safety incident, there's this chain that must be followed, and it's legislated you get an incident report, you have to investigate it. You've got to look at resolving it. And if you don't, you can go to the regulator and the regulator can step in and take you through a process to get that issue resolved. So you've got the law behind you and that's why it's so much more powerful. What are some of the methods that uh, you
0: teach members to cope with bullying in the workplace?
1: Okay, a really, really important thing if you think you are being bullied is to keep a record, keep a diary note of it. Whether you use a paper diary or whether you have an email chain, you've got incident reports, all of those things that form your evidence To show what's going on. That's really, really important. And it is very important to keep those records secure. If you're doing a paper diary, don't use a diary that work has given you because that's their property. They've provided you with that. Get your own personal diary and keep it secure. If you're using emails if there's an email chain or incident reports take copies of those things and keep those copies secure so that's the first really important thing to keep a diary of what's going on and in the diary you can keep it quite simple things like um, you put the date and time in case there are multiple occurrences in a day date time what happened who was involved and importantly, how it left you feeling. Like you said, repeated behaviours. Yeah, repeated unreasonable behaviour. And keeping that diary gives you that evidence. It helps you to realise that you're not just imagining it and it's maybe not just a personality clash, there's something more to it here. It's also really important to find someone you trust to talk to. I'd say first thing, go to your GP, talk to your GP about it and say, this is happening at work, but also find someone you can trust to help you and support you to deal with bullying, to deal with the process you're going to have to go through if you want this dealt with, okay? okay? They can help you with the incident report because you should, as you know, we're advocating, deal with it as a health and safety issue. That means logging a work health safety incident report. So make sure you do that. But having someone trusted to talk to, to help you do all of that is really, really important. They may actually know of other people who are experiencing the same thing. Of course, they'll maintain confidentiality, but they can then approach everyone and say, look, I'm aware that this is a bigger issue than just you. And then you can get a collective of people together who can then support each other if they're all going through this bullying, they can then support each other with the HSR's assistance or the delegates assistance to deal with the process of reporting it and uh, and having it resolved.
0: Suzanne, you've run uh, these uh, education classes for our members for quite a while, very successfully. Can you give us some scenarios or some stories just to let members who are listening know? that getting in contact and coming along to these classes and these education uh, developments that we provide is worth
1: it. What I get more is feedback from members at the end of the session saying, right, we now have a better understanding of what bullying is. We understand how to approach it and we feel more confident about doing that. And we know that the union's there to help us. Suzanne, if our members want to know
0: more about work health and safety, how can they get involved in your sessions?
1: When COVID hit, we flipped to online because we couldn't do face-to-face anymore. We may return to -to face-to-face in the future and do full-day sessions, but at the moment, the bulk of the work is one-hour webinars and half-day workshops. They fill up really, really quickly, guys. The last two I've done, we got over five, well, I did two bullying. I've done two bullying and two uh, mental health. And we got over 500 registrations for each of those sessions. So all four sessions over 500 regos. And we have to stop it at 500. So you do need to be quick to get in because if you're over that 500, you'll be declined access and you'll need to look for another session. But do keep your eye out for bulletins because there will be more bulletins with more links to more of these one hour sessions. Suzanne Mann, thank you so much for your time today. It's a pleasure.
0: Call the PSA CPSU New South Wales today on 1300 772 679. That's 1300 772 679.